Welcome to the Rough Housing Podcast. We're here. We're going. Yeah. It's live. Sort of. Anyways, uh, first off, uh, we're looking for sponsors. Uh, do you have a business that you want promoted? Are you in the Austin, San Antonio metro area? Start connecting with everyone in the local real estate industry that need to know who you are. See our contact in the episode notes, and let's get you out there. We will whore ourselves for sponsors. I will be the biggest of whores. Carry on. John Johnson. Um, oh, you, I messed up the parentheses. You go for it. It's okay. Um, make sure you guys like and share these uh, YouTube videos on Spotify, YouTube, like, hit the bell. Make sure we get notifications. We're coming at you over and over and over again. We want this thing to spread. So please share it, like it. If you Even if you don't like it, like it. Please. Please share it. Thank you. Uh, anyways, introductions. Uh, I am Justin Rourke, and this is my counterpart, John Pico Baby Martin. What's up? Today we are joined with Amanda Cox with uh, Bel Air F Multifamily Management, correct? Correct. And Mickey Graham, which all I have from you is a corporate consultant. Yeah, yeah. What I mean, what else should we know about you? Um, I study neuroscience. And I'm the VP of Marketing for Women of Austin. Okay. Neuroscience. Okay. I'm already intimidated. Yeah, yeah no, neuroscience. Someone drops neuro. I didn't study before this. <laughs> we're just, yeah, we're just cave people. Okay. Well, um, so one thing that we always want to tell our audience, just to like nip this thing in the bud, lest people just like lose their minds, is uh, guys, you're going to get offended. I'm so sorry. Go ahead and move on to cat videos. Um, nothing we say is meant for advice investment advice or other. Uh, most of the time we're just kidding around and don't take everything that we say for fact or truth or actual opinion. We're just trying to be funny, trying to have a good hang. Right? Cool. Right. All right, right, cool. Anybody else who's sticking around for everything else, is just go on and get. Yeah, go on and get. Get, get. <laughs> go on and get. Okay, uh, today's beef is ambiguous, we have beefs. I hear that. Hear that? You yeah. saw on one at least. We have beefs. Um, <laughs> ambiguous. Possibly single word or two sentence negative negative Google reviews. Well, and, and, and before we get in there, just just some history on what y'all do, so y'all can be a little bit more pointed with this answer. So, obviously, I, Justin and I are in real estate and property management. We deal with a lot of people. We're people, people, people be peopling all the time, and so we deal with reviews. the The most frustrating ones are the tenant reviews that review our management company. So. You come from multifamily, you own your own multifamily property management company. Were you guys affiliates at some point in that world? No. Okay, just so you just know her as just a badass. Yep. So I'll take that. Are you, are you in a world where reviews surface and make, make or break your kind of outward image to the world? Yeah, I think it's more word of mouth and surveys. Like we get surveys, feedbacks, stuff like that. But yeah, people are people everywhere. It doesn't matter the industry. People well, I think people in people people well, and, and uh, <laughs> reviews are going to be like everywhere for everything. But anyways, going back to it, the beef. Uh, how do you? How are you guys going to? If you receive it, how are you going to come across it? What's What's your choice? Are we apologetic? Are we Are we not responding? We're not going to throw logs in the fire. Or are we going to go? Uh, are we just going to go head on? Just be like, oh no, you didn't. Time, time to get corrected. Which way? Which way is the right way? And it doesn't have to be the right way. But which way is your way? There's no right way. What's your way, girl? Go for it, Amanda. Um, first, I write out everything I want to say. Like, fuck you. Why are you <laughs> first off, we're the best. And then I delete it all. And then I'm like, please take that offline. We would love to connect with you. Call us at our office. You know, there's no good reason to take it out online. Right. I mean, ha like yeah. have a like yeah, have a back it out online. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is this what you've learned over time? Is this what you were yeah, trained in? I've screwed up a lot. Really? It, mm -hmm. Did you feel like it ended up? Uh, I fought back yesterday. I was tired. Of, I was tired of some some uh, some negative people who were just basically. We got a like, review yesterday that said my friend has interacted with y'all and says y'all yeah. suck. It's like, who, yeah. first off, who the fuck are you? Second off, like no property address, nothing. It's like, how do we make this right? When you're just some dipshit writing a sentence, with, I don't even think they capitalize it. It was a, it was a, it was like a burner. They're, if they're listening, they're low they're lowbrow people. Just There's not much we can, yeah, yeah, not much we can do about that. They they weren't raised raised good, but at the same time, I was just like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna let you trash us online and then also make burner accounts. I called one burner account out, you got yanked pretty quick. Like two or three. Nice, you flagged yeah. it. And it just came offline. Uh, we have we have some we have people in different places that can kind of help us out in those regards, mm -hmm. but otherwise, I also. I like the head-on approach to where it's like I'm not going to back down because what for us my 
our our landlords on the management side, um, we're doing we're doing good for them. And that means that sometimes tenants aren't gonna, are going to disagree because they're out for their interest, but we're being paid to protect the landlords. Uh, I'm not going to be ashamed of protecting the landlord if these people don't understand it, if they can't provide evidence, if they can't like back everything up that they need to back up, and they want to turn it into this you know mudslinging contest. I I feel I feel inclined to just say, hey, this this is the reality behind it. So. So the analytical side of Justin always wants to light people up and write novels. He's a very intellectual writer. And I have a rule. I have a rule. One, one, one light up per year. After that, I, re- I relinquish to the shadows as a lurker. But, but it's a pain in the ass. So my, we've been dealing with this lately. So on this topic, I mean, you know, I want, I want to focus on you real quick because you've been, you've been in the shit. I've, I first met you, I think, at a Roscoe property back in the day. Um, Corazon? Was that the first place I met you, maybe? No, San Marcos. Bellagio. Okay, well, that was even further back than I remember. But either way, so you've been in the game where you worked for massive companies. How did they handle reviews? Was it your job as the manager to mitigate the, the reply and kind of make sure you navigated it correctly? Or did your corporate office say, rain down hell on them, don't let people get away with this bullshit? I think it depends on the size of the company. Like smaller companies give you more autonomy on a on-site level. Mm-hmm. When you get to, let's see, gosh, I think I was over 10,000 units at this point when Roscoe rolled out a, like here's how you respond. If it's about a resident complaint, for parking, you say this. If it's about patrol, you say that. Like it, they literally wrote they it out everything it. for you. Yeah. Was yeah. that? Did that end up doing? Did that end up achieving the goal intended? Yeah. Okay. So having a more streamlined automation, uniform response is probably the the proper and more intellectual way to do it, as opposed to just say yeah, fuck it takes you. The I, I never said fuck you, by the way. I, to I these didn't people. say. Let's, I just went for clarity of mind. You politely said fuck you. Yeah. This is why I'm right. I subtly said fuck you. (laughs) No, well, we were accused of running scams, and I go, scams would indicate some sort of criminal activity. Please describe the scam. Like, describe it. Tell me more more about this this scam that that you feel that for some reason, uh, like a court of law or an attorney is not saying, yeah, 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 that's a scam. Let's go, let's go make something happen. There's no, there's no scams here. It's actually way more black and white, and you're aware of this as far as just right. with what you do. Um, I, I, I don't like being accused of things, and very few people do. Um, I think maybe now in retrospect, maybe I should have like not added fuel to the fire, but mm-hmm. which is probably the bigger, the bigger crime, like the bigger tragedy is like, hey, they're gonna fight back potentially out of all of it, um, but. These folks were going to do it anyways. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that's another thing. There's inevitability behind it. And this guy, the person who I know of, called in saying that immediately that he was going to sue us before even having an email conversation about what's going on. People be people. And yeah, people just behave. Adults behave. Yeah. So, 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 Mickey, in your world, right? So you do you do marketing for a podcast. I, 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 for, forgive me because I'm ignorant when it comes to podcasts. We were talking about this before the show. I don't wa- listen to podcasts. I don't watch them. He doesn't podcast I good. I, I don't podcast good. I'll rewrite good. <laughs> um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't even listen to ours. It makes me cringe, to be honest. But I, I, I love the premise, obviously, and that's what we're doing mm-hmm. now. But how big is your podcast, and what is it? So it's the Women of Austin podcast, and we interview different women throughout the community, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're wanting to start a business, uh, you have a product. You're a corporate America type of person, so it's just a slew of different women and bringing what they do to the community. Promoting awesome women. Just women. And yeah. Yeah. And There's what, you no guys, box. There's no box. Are you guys getting traction? Are y'all big? Is Absolutely. it a kind of a, a larger entity? So I'm assuming with that kind of exposure and traffic, you guys have opinions from other people, probably some bigots that are like, get these women out of here. Women don't need to be on anything. They need to be in my kitchen. Do y'all get any stuff like that to where people, you have to deal with the negative review piece. See, I love negativity. No, I bet. I bet. Well, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask, what's the neuroscience? Yeah, yeah. What's the Professor Xavier approach to this? How do we, how, well, do you, how do you combat this? I feel like everybody is triggered 
So there's a reason that somebody's lashing out at you. It may not even be something you did. Oh, of course. Right? But you're triggered too by the response. So if you're in that fuck you, you're triggered too. So you gotta look at this away, right? So I think what we deal with the most is you can't make everybody happy, right? So a woman is gonna come in, they wanna have a certain experience, they didn't feel like they got talked to enough, which is very, very rare because we are super intentional about that and we do a lot of surveys to figure out, hey, what are you looking for? We're not just your average networking group just coming network like everybody in the whole entire world is doing you're just having happy hour and talking I think we try to do a little bit more intentional things figuring out you know do you need to grow do you need to have work on your mindset do you need real estate people in your life you know like what do you need and how can we serve you but you're never gonna make anybody happy yeah you just got to do your thing and know that the right people will come and if not they're just not for you and never say sorry always say thank you thank you i know our our staff our our staff try to fire into these reviews and say one uh, one of our staff members i had to change it yesterday she was like thank you for reaching out to us i go don't thank them or don't apologize now you're putting your back now you're putting your back to them i I, I get that i don't know i'm I'm more of a you get more kind of flies with honey type guy like i i I kill people with kindness i try to some depends if you kill people in other but I was gonna give yeah. that fucking precursor. We all have But so, and I agree with that. But I guess you know the, the point of kind of brainstorming this kind of shit on, in this platform is like, look, we want to bring some value to people as we were talking about that don't talk about some of this nitty gritty shit. And we we kind of we kind of hash it out on the best methods to handle these things. So we bring some intellectual check marks and kind of little nuggets to people that are listening to this show that are in our same industry to to respond to these things so it's like a kind of a a brainstorming of like okay here's some of the bullshit we deal with what's our best attack method so that we optimize the the back or the the optimize kind of the end result and, and reduce the backlash so i think what everybody's saying i mean i like the idea of keeping it uniform and having a scripted response i think that's on a scale level right i think that is a scale level type thing yeah. yeah, but I mean, there, there's. I think also too. I've seen him fire back just some. It, it's it's almost personalized to where it's like a unique response where it's like, okay, someone has the time outside of someone that has ten thousand properties. If, you know, we have six hundred. Which is what they're, which is what they're assuming. Well, well, you have time now to be like, I'm going to point and shoot to this specific individual and give you my take on this exact event, which I think carries some weight too. So there's like a little balance. And back to your point, not saying sorry. Probably it's the best methodology, but I think once you soften people up, then you extend that helping hand of like, look, this sucks. We don't want to have these dialogues. I apologize for us getting to this point, whatever I did on my end to not manage this the way that I might have done a little bit better. But I, I see my point. I see your point. Let's let's make it happen. So. I do want to. I do want to stay in this particular case. When that guy called me yesterday, to he, basically he and his wife just took to the took to Google and started like making these burner burner accounts. But he called me yesterday immediately with the uh, "I'm going to sue you. You have no idea who I am. I've been in court tons of times. I will do X Y Z." And I was like, "That's okay. You can do it." And I was very cool, calm and calm and breezy. Um, I was like, "That's okay if you want to do that." I was like, "I cannot stop you." But why don't we try this easier way first? Why don't you send me an email? In our email, at the very bottom of it, the template says, hey, reach out to us if you feel like there's something not right. We're happy to chat about it. That's a course of action. He went straight He went straight to like DEFCON 3, right? And so I brought it back, he went there, but I think afterwards they were, they were just still steaming and just decided to go after us, and that's when I saw it. I didn't realize it was them, but now after we saw multiple new accounts pop up on here with a similar type of scam ling- lingo, that's where I was like, mm, not, it, not today. It's bound yeah. to happen. It's bound to happen, mm-hmm. and uh, I, think, I think that when I am writing my responses, I think it's more about, I'm always paying, I go back to my, my writing uh, focus and it's like, I'm thinking about who my audience is. Who is my audience? Am I gonna change their mind with what I'm saying? No. Who's reading it? Other tenants? Maybe. But the people who I care most about are other landlords, landlords who are reading like, it. These and I want those landlords to know who's in charge, who's gonna, ro- who's gonna roll over, who's gonna do all these other things. And I think that if I was out there looking for uh, a, a property manager in my, in my situation. No, sp- no empathy. 
What's only, that? Only the rock. That's not true. I have tons of empathy, <laughs> but I rule with Putin's mighty fist. Only the and rock. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just will not stand. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I'm Jacob, delete the them. Putin comment. We no, don't leave want to kill us. Leave it. Putin's on his way right now. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah, Putin already killed him before he gets in the car. Full, full of those guys. He's got a fucking drone watching us right now. No lie. Yeah. Well, that, but that, that's that's cool, and I like that. Real quick, to, before we move on to the other topic, I want y'all's idea on this, and since it's going to be broadcast as the world, by the time this one airs, maybe I'll get some traction on it and patent it. I had this idea. About, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I had this idea Jacob. about creating a platform, just like how Uber drivers and Lyft drivers can rate their passengers. Why don't we have a platform where tenants get rated by property managers mm. and landlords? So it's almost like the natural tenant database, but instead of just doing like uh, you know rental history, have an actual pointed kind of script that says were these people a pain in the ass? Did they pay rent? Yes, but were they also a pain in the ass? Did you know have more like personal traits to it? That's like. Yeah, they they use the ESA dog. You know, they lean on that way too hard. Or they they really towed the line between the seven night stayers and like you just try, try, try. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. all those people. And, yeah, yeah, and like like dig into that. <laughs> Thoughts on that? Do y'all think that would hold some traction? And and if I mean, obviously the logistics behind it on how to make it happen would be another dialogue. But what do y'all think? Who's it for? For other landlords, so it's a public database that you would see before so before you approve somebody that actually had a Google rating for these fucking tenants. Ten Sorry, I love tenants. I always say that with like my staff. The we're diplomat in, comes we're in, I'm always like these fucking tenants. <laughs> diplomat you know, comes like, well, I'm a renter too, but, uh, but I, I I respect that obviously. But the, the, what aggravates me is the the misconception that these landlords are just these Scrooge McDucks that are just hanging on this whole gas pile of fucking coins and that they they don't have needs and wants and bottom lines and margins and burn money and vacancies. It's like these uh, they're quick to throw shade at these landlords when they're just trying to do something. And so I, I kind of want to flip the script and be like, okay, I get it. You know, the good ones are going to get good reviews, but the bad, it's like Uber Lyft drivers, the best way to relate it. It's like, yeah, yeah, they paid me and tipped me, but they vomited in my car on the way home. It's like, I want to be able to throw that kind of shade at my tenants. What do you think? I just don't see the benefit. It wouldn't, it wouldn't sway your opinion? No, I would still probably approve them. What if you were uh, next? What if you were next? Because it, because it could still be, it could still be that thing. Because just as much as you have, we're not talking about. Oh, there's a difference between landlords and tenants. They're still humans. They're still petty. They're still, they're still upstanding ones. But they will still do those things. See, they will but still the human lie element and piece cannot be quantified in a general application process. Feel me on that, on that right? The, the yeah. human element of your personality, characteristics, and traits that can make you a pain in the ass or not a pain in the ass as a tenant are not quantified on a fucking application. Okay, so are y'all doing any, like, what is it? The oh, rental we, we call rental. Yeah, we call rental previous landlords. And, and that, who is ever honest with you? That has some class. It's 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 rare, but that's what I'm saying. So it's they're like, like, get them the fuck out of my property. So, take them so, I, right. so, so what if there was an actual platform to where after they're gone, they could rate them and say, yeah, they did this, but here's some shit to look out for. It, I go, I always go back to the Lyft and Uber thing. It's like, I think know. it's I think it's a great idea. Here's the thing that I think that it needs to be coupled with because if it's just l someone looking for some way to create a review, they're gonna have to be in that mindset and go look for something. But usually those types of things, that function that you're talking about, needs to be coupled with something else of value for those landlords. I think mm -hmm. it's gonna be rent collection. I think it might be background checks too. So so that way you couple that as well, which that maybe it's not that hard. We could probably push on that. But like all, just kind of like a cozy app except an added feature. You build a database. Big enough, you can put all those little auxiliary benefits. Yeah, on. there'll need to be something it's in like there for the, for the for the layperson landlord. Otherwise, the people that uh, do this on a day in day out basis, to where they're uh, uh, background checking people, we, we teach a leasing course to this market center and a lot of the other ones in the area, and uh, we basically say, hey, we're looking for income, we're looking for credit, pets. Uh, everything else that we can get documentation on and then employment verification, making sure that we're reaching out to employers. The last one is gonna be the landlord and you have, you have that choice of either phone, if you do phone, which you guys at your level probably aren't doing the phone. Uh, if you do phone, you're gonna get some real responses. If you do, uh, and, or at least even non-communication is something. Or you get you can go email and you say hey were they ever late hey were they ever this but then everyone's just going to give like yes no maybe so type yeah. of answers. Ours is a form. It's yeah. real standard. Who's pull. the resident? When do they move in? 
Did they leave with a balance? Mm-hmm. It's so rare to even see rental verifications right now. Like I How so? barely, I don't see them at all in the industry. What are you so? Yeah, well, so tell, hang on, I want to explore that. Tell me more about that. Meaning that you personally don't see it because of where you are in the company. Do you see it as in people aren't doing them? I don't see the day to day. Most mm-hmm. of the time, I'm pretty high level, mm-hmm. but my managers are not receiving them often. It's pretty rare if they do. It's like the fax one that's been like copied several times. They keep sending out. Wow. I just have never gotten good information from it. So low compliance, you mean? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. We're why not create a platform where it can make it a little bit more streamlined? That would be easier for them to fucking commute that to other people and make it easy for the landlord. Then that's what because I'm talking about. So too many how, how about things, landlords? You know? Once you once you you get vetted through a system. I mean, I have some ideas. It's like it's like the poop idea. It's like, like a pre-qualification. You know, right, sir. Like, could you please explain the poop idea? When you're pooping, you think about things. <laughs> so <laughs> I brainstorm and I keep an internal you know catalog of what I think about. But uh, right in your phone. You know, yeah. I so when I was younger, tangent, like, you know, I can't sit still very well. I'm like, it's not good. So when I would poop, I mean, you obviously have to be stationary. I, before he's phones, st- he's still just sitting there. I would read shampoo <laughs> bottles. Like, I would have to Jeez. read things. So I'd grab, like, anything that was <laughs> at, in reach. I, I wish that was back in the day. I mean, your parents were cool then. I mean, they were they were cool, but I, I, yeah, some I, didn't, parents. I didn't keep them around. You know, I hid those in, like, the creek. So they weren't they, were, they weren't accessible when I was Oh, poop, yeah, creek you know? porn. That was the best. You just stumble, found, stumble on a hustle. Arnold found a whole stack of them on the creek another, another day. <laughs> you, um, hide, you hide, like, don't tell them. Oh, we, we buried them. Put them in speakers. That's what, the, that's what used like, to happen. We had them like, like a squirrel, like, hides nuts throughout the city. We had it all everywhere. <laughs> you're, like, you're like, yeah. you're like, I you're making, that was a thing, but I didn't know if it was true. It was only true for boys. It. But it's so funny that happened for you. And also, I remember from my childhood, we were at a, uh, a day camp. Uh, away things where we went to some park in North Austin and someone found like a rolled up hustler in a in a like a, a tree knot hole yeah. and just be like oh my gosh this, this is amazing but but anyways I you know I, I think there would be a better way to do it so so when you guys so I, you might not even touch this shit but like how do you guys screen applications do y'all use just a platform where it's a kind of click it and done or do y'all because i know back in the day some of the apartment complexes they would do instant approvals you know it's like yeah how much due diligence do you do from a fucking analog computer that can just do click you're approved it's like what really how how deep do y'all go so we use Entrada as our property management software we pay for their e-verify through that platform mm. It takes like about three days though to get it back. Like, okay. and if you're someone in like Louisiana where you still walk to the courthouse, that shit takes like seven days. Florida yeah, if it's, if it's different right. states. Yeah, yeah. There's some areas where it's like you have to physically go somewhere and check it. Um, but we don't approve anybody until we get that screening back. And it's either a pass, it's a pass with conditions, which right. is a fail unless you do something right. or a fail. And there used to be some risk fees and like other assessments we would put on uh, accounts, but I can't deal with any risky anymore. Like there's way too many broken leases, way too many people concession hopping. I'm qualifying and I'm not overriding shit yeah mm-hmm. so i'm like i need a good quality tenant the bad debt's crazy you know how it is you just cycle through these it also it residents. also gets worse when the when the economy takes a little bit of a tumble too we start to see we've seen more shitty default bad tenants but in our world that what drives me nuts is they just beat the hell we see more people beating the hell out of the property which i have no i'm not sure why that correlation is but it's just the case and i want to go back to my comment a little bit earlier about finding hustlers on the on the park considering that you work with women and everything like that i find it very disrespectful and i, I just have Four brothers, I have seen it all. Look, see the beautiful yeah. thing about women. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey. None of that was. Weird. I'm trying to figure out this app for dating. Okay. I've also seen that too. I, I talked. I talked to a girl at a bar. I don't remember what it was or how it came up, but she she like actually she was like, I want to start a business platform where mm-hmm. guys pay her to create their profile, and manage her pro- their profiles for them. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. But, there, but there's a fucking gray area there, and you, can, you can't you can't lie to me <laughs> that some of those words and some of those nuances that a woman could tee up versus some dipshit dude probably has more of a traction record and, and more of a success a record. And you go on a date, but then you and figure then it out. Maybe you're fucking yeah. in the ear, <laughs> oh, and you're, you're you're doing some fucking Mission Impossible <laughs> stuff. Like, no, this is what you say. I cannot. I feel like there's a movie somewhere where someone has done someone has all done that. that. Uh, the uh, Will Smith and the guy Paul Blart oh, Mall Cop, yeah, um, um, the dating one where old oh girl. 
what was that? Hutch? Hutch. Hutch, yeah. Same thing. Hutch hey, did it. I appreciate Let's you get a Hutch. I just want to let you know, I, you. I understand. I, I hear you. I do not have any, no. <laughs> See, and the beautiful, the beautiful thing about heart. women that know women is y'all know men, too, right? It's yeah. like, that, I feel like a collective of women has probably a better sense about men <laughs> than, than just an isolated woman. You know what I mean? Like, and, and vice versa. I think that, that, that kind of hive mentality. It's like, y'all know. Y'all collectively think about it. It's like, these fucking dudes, like, talk about hustlers when they're kids. They've been pigs since they were six you let's know start, I mean? let's talk about a different kind of app how about an app where women get to rate men like that's what i'm talking about him. yeah that's, that's what, what she was saying about. like a like a rating deal. so we're just gonna yeah. put all those what do they call them oh, oh, what, okay. what, what, are, what are those people oh, <laughs> See, oh that's just gonna put that's gonna push all the incels in the corner like, never, no, never give them like, a chance to grow <laughs> hey that's also saying like these like if you here's one thing about the social the social credit number thing that everyone's like so worried about that they're doing in china right now like if you do that Where's the path to redemption? Mm. Wasn't there right. a Black Mirror episode about that? Probably. There was. Black, Black Mirror. Mirror. I don't watch Black Mirror because it scares it's me. It's fucking awesome, me. dude. They had one where it was like you had a social number. Like every action you had could decrease your number, and that Jeez. number was antiquated into everything, and was the backbone of how you succeeded or didn't. And like, it's like if, if your number, as long as it wipes, as long as it like your nor like your financial credit score, as long as it wipes like every five years, I'm like. Yeah, for about five years, you're a different yeah, person. Grow. Yeah. See, that's scary. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, people fuck up. People be people, and you know, what I mean, people are gonna be people. That's what it is. Just pushing okay. those incels in the corner even more. People it's not be people. The t-shirts need to get. Need so to we have people be people. <laughs> gays, gays, grays, and what was Aaron's one? Gays, grays, and uh, make it pay or something like that. I don't they know. all pay. Yes, they. That was. We, we're, gonna, we're gonna think of a rhyme. That's like all We're gonna have RHP. Did y'all listen to the first? First one. We did. That's how I knew. I listened to part of it. Okay. I did a little research. I didn't. Oh, wonderful. I was uh, trying to look you guys up ahead of time, but I you didn't. Know, you know, I, I also wanted to have just Okay. This is great. So, wait, wait, wait. Let me, go, let me do this. How, uh, what, so, how, how, why neuroscience? Why, yeah, is this yeah. like a study in, in school, or was this after school, or was this... <laughs> What yeah, I dropped out of school, didn't finish school, so we'll just nip that one. Um, Same thing. Yeah, it just cheers wasn't serving that. me. Yeah, yeah. Cheers. Oh, I I'll cheers. I'll not knocking you it. You didn't spend the whole time in the incubator? No, 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 no. It's okay. I just it's okay. There's a lot of people who went the there room. and didn't come out away with Sometimes you better. develop in the incubator and you out that bitch. I was ready. No, um, so I went to a meditation retreat. Okay. Yeah, changed That's my life. Um, had some crazy meditation experiences. Ayahuasca sober. style? Nope, completely oh. sober. I have done journeys. Okay. Um, that's like a forced way to connect with yourself, mm. I feel like. Um, this was 35 hours of meditating in one week. Damn. Okay. I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a stretch. Oh, no. <laughs> like 35 hours? Like you guys in a day? Pissing, no, uh, pissing all, all over each other? <laughs> yeah. God, that'd be wait, awful. Wait, wait, wait. I'm no, not no, no, God, yeah, no wonder you were tripping out. That doesn't work. And during that meditation, I was, I've done sales and technology a lot of tech sales stuff like that i've been a corporate sales trainer and um i just felt like where i was at in that stage of my life i'm like i am not employable like it's really difficult for me to be in a cube or in this box in corporate america and during that meditation retreat i realized like there's something bigger for me out there and i had this vision of teaching these concepts of neuroscience and meditation and how the brain works and how truly like when you're triggered or when you have law of attraction you're hearing all these modalities now and it's becoming really commercialized but like what's the true science what's the how behind like creating the life that you want to have and during that meditation retreat I had this vision of being in front of 10,000 executives and teaching them meditation. But you can't just go into somebody that's an executive and be like, let's go meditate. They're gonna be like, fuck you. Like, we get that this hippity dippity. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you and your hippie ass, get out of here, yeah. whatever. Um, so we, there's a program with Dr. Joe Dispenza where you learn about the brain and the true mm -hmm. science behind why you need to meditate and how to create the life that you wanna live through meditation. And I had this vision, and the next day, some lady came up on the stage and was like, we're looking for corporate trainers. And I was like, oh, yeah. shit. Right here. And I mean, I just lost it. I was like, whoa, you know, that was my sign. And so ever since then, I've been obsessed just understanding, like, things we're talking about right now, it's like we're all broken little kids. Yeah, really. very true. You're, we're all just, you well, know. The, the, how powerful is the brain, right? I mean, it's like, Dude, you know, it's, it's like you're willing yourself to do certain things. It's, it's like crazy. I, I, I I believe there's there's multiple kinds of people that walk this earth, right? Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's some that really harness that that power of 
that mindfulness of like, hey, I'm gonna go kick today's ass. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be better than the day I was than I was yesterday. And then there's people that just let it run over them every single day, and it's that perpetual it's bullshit. And I, 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 I don't. To me, I, I, I don't like or hold the excuses of I can't do that or I, you know, this is too challenging for me because it's like. You might have to echo on the Jays. You might have to. You might. You might have to echo off this line, like, line of demarcation right here. If you truly want something done in this world, outside of like you know confines that exist in like physics, right? Like you could go get it. I mean, over. Or you could attract it. Or you could attract it, right? Or that you can, yeah. yeah somehow, did, will yeah, it, did whatever. that same dude uh, law, the attraction thing? Did he do the same? Did he do also do the book of the laws of power as well? The power. The forty-eight laws of yeah. power. Was that him? No. no okay, I have a problem. <laughs> A beef, I have a beef with that 48 Laws of Power like guy because I've read I've read some other books too from from them, but it's like they pull they pull their stories from like movies and other books that are like fictitious, and I'm like, wait, you're pulling this from bullshit? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, maybe to prove a point, but when they're using it as like as an example. Relatable. Yeah, I was just like, there's maybe maybe there's not that many laws of power. She will like talk about something and then it happens. <laughs> yeah, you just day. like attract things constantly. That's beautiful. Flow. I mean, it's like, the, but we're all capable of this. This well, isn't yeah. something like one special person gets. Like we're all well, it's capable. A, it's a, it's an energy thing, man. It's like you know, yeah. it's all streamlined in the same same streamlined yeah. consciousness that exists that we don't can't see, but we can tap into it. Yeah. But real quick before I go anywhere, I want y'all to understand this. Where are you going? No, no, I'm not going anywhere. It's true. <laughs> um, I, I, be, before I forget to mention this, you're the first ladies on a podcast. And by the way, oh, you are the first ladies on the podcast. Nice. Uh, welcome, title. ooh, lady. Uh, the KLBJ Morning Show back in the day with Dale Dudley, Bob, and uh, old boy Charlie Wing and Charlie Hodge. Charlie Hodge, was really cool and awesome. It was cool. Charlie Hodge, shout out Charlie Hodge. Dale Dudley, we what's miss up, you, man? Dale Dudley, hope you're doing Big all right, buddy. Um, but they, they, every time a girl would come on the pot on the the radio, they go. Ooh, a lady. Ooh, a lady. Ooh, probably yeah. a little homage to that. <laughs> that's also a. Uh, that's also the. Um, they would also do zero point zero. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like who, who, what, what character did, did the ladies man with Tim Meadows? Yeah, he also had ooh, like some. Yeah, he's like ooh, a lady caller, you know. But but thank oh, you guys for, for coming so much. We still have more time, but um, it's always fun hearing perspectives of women. I, I've always thought women are the most powerful creatures on the planet. Thank you guys you. are because we are. Y'all are absolutely. They, 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 I think there's confines and like back to the collective of empathy that keep y'all from taking over the world and destroying every man that has ever existed. We but need the men. Oh yeah, I know. Thank you for saying that. We need a pat on the back. Soon, every soon we'll be that matrix. We need a pat on the back. We're, We're just battling for y'all. Y'all just y'all just take over and just keep us in little incubators until y'all need us to come out and serve you. But I mean, I think that's that's, <laughs> that's yeah. Right? I'm also okay with the Amazon society. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was that? A uh, come at, yeah, Futurama. Yeah, Futurama. Yeah, come with me first. Yeah, first yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think I'm here for that too. Yeah. The uh, I, I think everybody has a role to play, yeah. and, and, and the cool thing is the dynamic between the two. Uh, I think what everybody wants is not like a reversal. I think what we all want is balance. Yeah, yeah balance, balance is balance is, balance is very big in finding finding that harmony among us. Big time. And people mm-hmm. need to figure that stuff out. And there's still people who just don't understand because we're yeah. all broken, broken, broken little people little tri- who are triggered. So what? Yeah. So what's your what, what's your stance on like microdosing and like like mushrooms and psilocybin and stuff like that? Like, is that I, I know naturally we have a lot of power, right? And I, I, you mentioned forcing that power to come out versus actually conjuring it up yourself, right? I mean, there's a difference, but you know, also too, there's a lot of it that's untapped that I think some sort of help might be able to illuminate other little spectrums that we can't physically get into. So what is your thought with with that? Just to kind of go on a little tangent. Yeah, I'm here for all of it. Like if you feel like that, I used to think before I went to the meditation retreat, everybody should go in a forest somewhere and take some mushrooms and go be by yourself for a little bit. Right. Because we never shut off. Like no. we're on the constant, like we're constantly stimulated, we're driving, we're doing, we're going, like we never stop. Um, but after this retreat, I really understand if you truly understand meditation, it is becoming familiar with thyself. That's the mm. definition of meditation. So can you can you get outside of the box of like sitting still in a room and woosabaing your way through like a 30 minutes of quiet and just so and the reason I'm asking this is sure. a more personal level. I, you know, I'm very intuitive and I live in my head. It's it's a curse and I continually fight myself all day long, but I cannot sit still and meditate. It's just something that's very challenging for me. I shouldn't say cannot. It's very challenging for me to do it. Fair. But I also feel like my 
my self-awareness and my battles that go on every second of my brain is my sense of meditation, if that makes sense, because I am aware of what's happening in my brain and I try to fuck with it as much as I can. If it shifts, I try to try to try to pivot it. Can meditation go beyond just that quiet sense of sitting in a dark room? Mm -hmm. So to try is to lie. Okay. okay. When you are constantly having the same thoughts over and over and over and Your over, best. you're just going to stay stuck in the past. You're never going to be able to move to the future. Okay. So you need to sh learn. It takes energy. I mean, it takes real work and energy to truly meditate. It's not something you just go, you have to practice it. It's just like working out or doing real estate or going to school. It's you have to stay committed to it. It takes discipline. Right. It's not something that happens overnight. And it's not some, mm, I'm going to go sit in the corner. And you there's know, like, multiple ways to do it, right? I mean, like, I feel like there is can a state of being. Right. So you go from thinking to doing to being. Okay. From mind to body to soul. Right. From learning it in your mind, applying it with your hand, and knowing it in your heart. So there's a there's an approach to it. You have to put in the work. It's not going to happen overnight. That takes the training. And that takes training. That's the training. It's like the little, little nuances of like repeating the same thing every morning. And I know it's probably Fair. more minuscule, yeah. but it's like writing on your mirror. Like, I'm beautiful. Yes. Like, cool runnings. Cool runnings. The, the scene. I have pride. I have power. I'm a yes. badass mother who yes. won't take no crap off of nobody. Let's and they go. say it like over Let's and over and over again. Cool runnings. Like, if I start <laughs> yeah. doing that every morning, the I'm egg. ready to fucking rock the egg. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, yeah. yes. you, you're dead, man. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> yeah. I have a personal I that's a start. I have a personal anecdote, uh, and I am a firm believer in all these things. Uh, I had a comment earlier, but I'll pull that back. But uh, oh, no, 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 you don't show that. I was, gonna, then, I was gonna say, John, the first way to know thyself is to watch your podcast episodes dang. and make well, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is true. And that is true. And to be you honest hear, with you, you gotta hear that it. would break down some serious internal walls that mm -hmm. I would have to uncomfortably get over. Can what I, are you scared of? I hate That's hearing what, myself. Yeah. I'm looking at myself. Why? I hate it. I don't know. You're don't good looking. You, you, got, you, know, you got like a nice look on you. Very nice sweet. style. Good, good J's. The J's. Ladies, See? if y'all are watching, y'all gotta check out this man got style. Or, I'm trying to get put a J on the table. I'm trying to get you on the table. Hey, Dang, they fresh. I'm but, trying to get to where we have a, a little bit broader of a uh, camera view. Yeah, I know. Uh, I we'll we'll see about yeah, that. We'll, get you there. we'll, get we'll you. have to uh, Rochambeau well, for it. But personal anecdote: uh, my daughters are learning how to ride their bikes, and my oldest it just freezes when she's up there. And I'm trying so hard, and she she gets she freezes so much that she cries, has to get down, and it's just tears all the yeah. way back to riding a, like walking back to the house. And so I said, hey, hey, Renburn, you need to. Uh, you need sweet to believe man. it. You're sweet rent. You need to believe it in your heart. You need to tell yourself, "I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to ride a bike." Say it everywhere you go. I'm going to ride a bike. Tell people, "I'm going to ride a bike." Write it down in your daily planner. I'm going to ride a bike. Uh, she uh, she has my old office in the house and has a quartz glass dry erase board, which I think are beautiful dry erase mm -hmm. boards. Because oh, it's a quartz one. It's a quartz one. I like that. And, I'm uh, more and stingy about my so dry erase board. Yeah, those white ones. I don't know about <laughs> it's that. It's not the same. It's, it's cool when the wall when it when it's a part of the wall. Yeah. But uh, she wrote on she wrote all on her dry erase board, and then I get a picture from my wife a little bit later on. We have this like wood IKEA desk that's like really raw wood, and she wrote, "I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid." All over the wood in Dang. like you know, like on the desk, I go, "People are going to come to our house and think that we're terrible parents." Yeah, <laughs> this my dad this went, my this dad went horribly too. awry. <laughs> Can I offer one little shift? In oh, that? please. So I am not afraid is going to keep a you negative. afraid. Yeah, right? because so it's really I am fearless. Yes. Oh, and then like when that. she's like riding her bike, it's like I'm not going to fail. Anything that says a not, your brain does not know the difference between the real life experience that's creating a certain emotion in your body versus mm -hmm. the thought alone that will create that emotion in the body. Mm -hmm. So it's the little... The little tweaks in the Fucking language. Neuroscience. Yeah. Let's go. Baby. That's what's up. Yeah, we had a neuroscientist <laughs> on. Let's we go. are. Hey, we're growing as a podcast. We have a neuroscientist Let's go. person here. Let's go. Well, I, I love the different perspectives. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I want to um, talk a little bit about the multifamily approach. And Amanda, I, I want to hear some juicy shit from you because I know you've seen it. You've been in it for the, a Jeez. hot minute. You have built something special. I think you're going to be a baller. You already are. <laughs> I, I like watching you grow and talking shop. We every every six months we I feel like we hop on a phone call and nerd out for a quick sec and then we go about our lives and it passes us by and we never get to sit down and actually talk shop. Which um, was the time. Yeah, and I was excited to get you on to do that. So, um, and I've always respected you. I, I like your flavor and kind of what you do and, and the vibe that you bring. So, w multifamily. It's a fucking mixed bag, right? You've seen it all. 
what's some of the, you know, and, and you can open this up however you want to, but, you know, what are some of the things that you've seen in the multifamily world that has caused you to cause you to kind of slow down and be like, holy shit, people be people in. This is a real deal thing because you get to see all kinds of walks of life with what you do. Yeah. And the different properties you've managed, I'm sure you've seen fucking all kinds of shit. So not to throw you on the spot and feel free to kind of take that where you want, but, but what's some of the experiences you have with multifamily and, and good, bad, ugly? It's just such an emotional situation. Like we're dealing with people's homes. We're dealing with people that die, that flood their apartments. We have fires, like there's extreme situations. And I think that there's so much gratitude too, because you do a hard job. Like you don't grow up being like, I'm gonna go manage apartments. Like that's just not it. Like you fall into it, you find the passion. I found the passion just connecting with people and finding them a home and that level of trust that they had in me that conveyed in their living experience. And I think that especially with like how like people are just not well right now. Wow. Like I think that that comes out on your teams and the people that are dealing with the day to day in these apartment communities. So um, I just have a lot of gratitude for like where my journey's been, what I've been able to accomplish how I'm able to like help people along the way, whether it's like helping a resident with something small or like they're having a total fucking meltdown and they're like, I need out of my lease and I'm walking them off the ledge. Um, there's just, every day is unique and you get to, I like that. I like to experience oh, yeah. that like no day is the same when I come in and I feel like I'm actually making an impact. So it's something that's like truly like in my gut, in my heart that I'm in the right place and I'm serving in the right way. So I have you, because about it. hang on, can I ask? Because I don't sorry, because I don't know you as well as these two do, can I know more about you? What, what, tell me more about what is your what is your what, what is your company? What's the organizational structure? What is this, is this is this yours? Are you are you there like like at a, at a like high level? Tell me more about it. This is my introduction to you. Yeah, sure. So I've worked for all of the big boxes. Mm -hmm. I've seen large companies grow. I've Did grown you start up the a leasing chain. Agent? Like start. Yeah, I started as a leasing agent. I left a big box as an executive VP, and last year I decided to start my own management company. Very I co-founded cool. it with one of my previous clients. He's a syndicator, um, so I work managing his syndication and we also have the management company and then i invest personally as a limited partner in a couple multifamily deals that's awesome yeah. are you mainly hanging out with, are you mainly hanging out with, with with big big boxes are we talking smaller smaller like, like bc product mm -hmm. um, my smallest property 78 units my largest is 304 i mean it's vintage product you know like we have a lot of forced appreciation renovation plans locally um, here uh, from Dallas down to San Antonio so oh wow what a coverage area. so are you where where does it have you geographically are you mainly hey we have one office and everything we can do virtual we've got our we got our satellite offices here and there what does that look like yeah I have an office in the Galleria in Dallas and my analyst and my real estate associate my director of strategy office out of there mm -hmm. I just got it because it's a sexy building and I was like people need to know where legitimate Galleria. company that's right you know, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I live in Austin downtown um, so I'm right in the middle between both of my uh, areas and then I have a local San Antonio team a regional maintenance supervisor a regional manager and an asset manager very and then my cool. CPAs in Florida. You outsource another, that? Like, yeah, yeah, I outsource a lot, actually. My team, like, I think I have six people in my leadership and we're running almost 2,000 units. And y'all y'all do, so you contract people locally to do the on-site shit? Like, I mean, how does that um, work? If it's large enough to staff a payroll, like one in, one out for about 100 units makes sense. Okay. There's just so much pressure on payroll and how expensive benefits and everything are right now. And tough to get good people, honestly. Yeah, it's incredibly so hard. If you have less than 100 units, your payroll's running at least 1,500 plus. Right. And we still live in a world where Fannie Freddie thinks it should be $1,000 a door. And I'm like, in what fucking world? Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I can not underwrite shit to that. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have local people. And then I have like our leadership team that manages like the client interactions and all that kind of stuff. And so did you kind of cultivate your experience from going ground up to create your own company to bring that value proposition to people that need management is that the, kind of the mix of it yeah basically? and I just don't want to fit in a box like no no two properties should be managed the same 
I like to go rogue. That's why I worked myself out of corporate America. Because they're like, oh, well, you should do it this way because this is our policy. And I'm like, fuck the policy. This is what yeah, the property we, means. We need it's to tailor this. Do it another right? way. I, I love that. Exactly. That's wonderful that you said that. So. so that's why I did this because I'm like, I'm not a great employee to other people. I right. climb the ladder and then they're like, you should do it this way. I'm like, I don't do it like that. There's no, there's no catch-all for things involving multiple different facets and different avenues of... of of especially multifamily, it's so different. I mean, block by block in this city, dude. Totally. You can go, you can be in one sector of the town and have the same type of product and have a completely different approach in another side of the town. I and mean, if you're, sp yeah. if you're kind of, if, if you're geographically kind of sprawled out, I mean, I'm sure that's even more pointed. And and then, I mean, that's 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 the purpose of this this entire podcast is to like to break down the walls of corporate America and say, look, it's it's not this like put a fucking square peg into a square hole all the time. Dude, you get star holes, round holes. Oh my God, we're going all kinds of ways. John, John yeah, and his yeah, infatuation get, get, with holes. You get, you get all these different things. That, well, well they, they don't always accommodate what, what, what needs to happen. So yeah, it's like, absolutely. That, that's the kind of stuff that, and, and, I mean, if you quantify that on a grander scale, that's how the world is turning to shit. It's like, there's so many like boxes that you have to fit in and, there's a script for everything and like this uniform well, we do, we way do of like efficiency. Well, we do that for but efficiency. But that's bullshit. That's, yeah, that, no. that's, that's and like risk mitigation. And risk right. mitigation. So risk mitigation is the biggest piece. It's like what you said about the reviews. It's like having a scripted deal. They did that because they probably got their nose bloody by letting people be, you know, human about it and re right. respond back the way that they wanted to. Which I, obviously there's 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 like a gray area where you want to confine that, but. Like life used to, I feel like, you know, we're not that old, right? But I mean, like, I, if you were to look back a couple hundred years from now, life was different. It was, I it, think it that was, long. I think, right, right, maybe from that, I think from that, I would say the eighties. The eighties. I mean, there, there, there was oh, a the sense, 80s. there was a sense of creativity <laughs> when it, when it came to individual things. It's like there wasn't like this like box setting of like let's shackle you to this thing. So, I love your approach. What's the goal? Do you want to? Are you you gonna be the gray star? Are you gonna be? The, I mean, the dude who built Roscoe, I watched him grow it, and I know you know more intimately than I do, but I, it was brilliant. I mean, the dude fucking crushed yeah. it. He went bananas. The, the I remember when he started renovating everything, and all the same flooring was the same, and I was like, where the fuck is he getting this flooring? Oh, he actually manufactures or whatever, like buys it wholesale from China. Has a fucking like warehouse where he distributes it. It's like this dude scaled this motherfucker and started with like yeah. one property, right? Like didn't he? Yeah, one property. Family money on yeah. Road. And then one he he was he was a property manager and just learned how to kind of make it more efficient and just started doing it kind of similar to what you're doing right mm -hmm. now, but just went bananas. Yeah, he's a visionary. He always built the bench for the business to come. He, we were always overstaffed, always training up. Um, when I joined them, there were about 2,000 units. When I left, it was about 100,000 units wow. in an eight-year Wow, he balled out. Wow. And I think now the company's double that size. Where is he? I'm not in that, that space anymore, so I don't see it. Is there still Roscoe Properties everywhere? Oh, yeah, all over. Is, is it because it's such a, I mean, it's definitely a, a big pond, but I don't think it's that big of a pool in general so are y'all still coming across each other regularly or are, you, or are you just isolated unless you go to like a trade conference or something yeah i see him at like mnmhc and imn conferences stuff mm -hmm. like that but he's so big wig now he's, he's got so many people mm -hmm. yeah i just i remember like partying with him at like rain i met him, <laughs> because, uh, I met him once yeah yeah because he, he like you want to do a little blow in the bathroom yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I, I met him once That's i remember great. he was just a nice dude like he's kind of awkward and like super crafty like all the vision of the properties like think about riverside and old torf and on between mm -hmm. all those units we renovated with the corrugated metal outside and the faux grass and the greenery at the walls and all that shit. he did mm -hmm. all of it so he, he he would basically gobble up distressed properties in like the ghetto back in the day when there was actually factions of like kind of lower income areas mm -hmm. and it wasn't lipstick on a pig i mean there are elements of that in certain certain areas but he would he would turn them around and flip the flip the rent rolls and make them sexy and put the little cute little things in the leasing office and always had these gorgeous looking ladies that would lease these properties sounds like he really knew what he was he was doing there too and, and what i heard you say which was like the golden word which i've been like beating the drum on is the overstaff overstaff yeah. be prepared for that because we one thing that we come across too too often is that we get crunched on busy season and i think that's because we're understaffed and when we're crunched it it just leads to all sorts of risks well, it's, hard, it's, it's hard to balance sure. that it's like mm -hmm. in the slow time do you want to see you know if, if you got time to lean you got time to clean mentality it's like do you want to see your staff kind of 
a little bit more, you know, stagnant during the slow time and build it up for, to prepare for the craziness. I think we've I'm kinda, learned, I kinda think it's I like think we've learned that it's like you have to prep and keep the fifty three man roster even if you're only playing eleven of them at one time. I, I mean, think like, it's I think it's that uh, you gotta have that uh, football off season, hey there's there's stuff to do. Who was that homeboy who was learning martial arts or something like that? Who Oh like, Michael Parsons. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's learning box I mean come on cowboys all all the cowboys sorry. But but basically like hey there, there's there's time there's time to train in those off season and I think the off season is the time to pick people up so that way you give them as much time as you possibly can before they hit that first wave. And one thing that I'm kind of accustomed to telling to uh, to new hires is that, hey, look, we have busy season and slow season. And I'll let you know right now, we're not in the busy season. It's going to get wild. Right now, you need to be figure out, you need to become a master of what you do and, you know, lean on the team, figure out your place and your role. And when the busy season comes, we want you to be able to swim on your own. We can't, we can't carry you in that regard. You have to hold up your end of the bargain. So like that's where that's where I'm at because when we hire a if we hire during the busy season it's not a good hire. No, because you can't train them yeah. the time. No, it's like yeah. throwing them to the fire. They're gonna get jaded. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah, tomorrow you could get that call for that 120 unit property, and you're like, I need a staff. How am I gonna make that work? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was yeah. a question I had for you actually. Um, what size what size multifamily do you think is necessary to have on site staff versus remote staff? Or again, is it it just depends because I think there's I think there's a limit because I think at some point in time you are going to want people there and then we're talking about a leasing agent a porter and maybe another position that I'm not totally aware of sure I look at it as every hundred units one in one out so Mm -hmm. if it's less than that I'd probably not have a staff on site Mm -hmm. I mean if we're doing a renovation we're gentrifying the rent roll like I need someone there I might even overstaff with like two people on a hundred units just Mm -hmm. so that I can get it through the business plan and then kind of come down from there but I think that I mean the work orders I work on distressed deals so like there's no way I could have like a roaming maintenance that I just oh totally there would have to be someone there I need someone there constantly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we we uh we are wanting more and more to kind of play in that world of the zero to 100 multifamily. We've it's got needed. We've got a handful of them and there's a bunch of cool older properties that are like maybe like 20 units or something like that, that are rad, make, make enough to at least support it. But like, again, I'm not gonna go staff. I'm not gonna go yeah. sta- buy, get a staff member yeah. for 20 units. That'd Do be you wild. process your payroll back through your properties or is it overhead? I'm not sure if I understand what the question. Is your, is your payroll overhead to the properties like on their no, PL. No, no, oh, no, so no, it's no. overhead to your company. Yeah. See, it's yeah. different Correct. for me. I put everything on my PL. See, and that's but it, yeah, I guess it's a different model cuz we we haven't scaled up to that, but I, I get what you're saying. So so I guess when you pitch things, you determine what you're going to pay a staff member based on what you're going to work a deal with that particular owner. Yeah, I put together like mm-hmm. an underwriting or a forecast and then as long as I'm hiring talent within that parameter, I do it without asks. If I'm needing to go over, let's say the budget's 55,000 for manager, I need to hire someone for 70, I go and tell the client, you're gonna have a variance to budget, Mm -hmm. here's why I need this person, or a lot of times your underwriting's not realistic. I get so many underwritings that I'm like, I'm not gonna manage to this shit. Well, I guess that makes sense because you're, you're not going to pay a C-class property the A-class property salary that you exactly. would. And if you kept someone on staff, you wouldn't be able to dif- differentiate between the two if you had to flip them or whatever, or keep them yeah. keep them engaged. That's a different business model. You know, we're, we're, we're more single family, so it's easier for us to control that because it's internal. But um, I had a question. Um, uh, what does your connection with ownership look like? Are you meeting, uh, and this could probably be all over the board, but... Um, are you meeting with individual owners? Are you ha- with it, if it's a group of investors? Are you meeting with all of them or one of like a representative? What's your connect? What is your connection with them? Or is it a, hey, I just submit the books and I get approval from someone's handler or something like that? Like, what is the, What is your interaction with these owners look like? And how involved is it? Sure. How much do you allow? It's it's customizable. You know, mm-hmm. if we're going through a property that has a renovation plan, we're probably meeting every week. We're having an operations call to talk about numbers and performance. We're also having a call to talk about all the moving parts on the capital plan and mm-hmm. how that works with their draw process and we're connected to the lender. So we can get really involved. If a property is stable and humming along, that may be a client that wants to be hands-off. Like, hey, just send me my reports and give me my distributions and I'm good. Mm-hmm. But we're not in that 
season with our economy. So like right. everything's right. on fire. Everything is more challenging. Are people making, are are people making money right now with rent rolls where they're at no. and, and where they probably got into it? You know? No, and there's so much floating rate debt out there right now. Rate caps expiring. It's about to be blood in the water. Fuck, well, what about also, I'm excited about it. So, yeah, yeah, same yeah, here. Same here. Uh, that, I, 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 know, I know that I can just see like little drops, little drops. I'm waiting for like the big shark attack yeah. to happen. But um, uh, shoot, I just lost my lost my train of thought. I was going to ask. Uh, it's going. It's in the ether. It was going to. Uh, oh. 17,000 units got delivered to Austin, I think, like last year, if I'm not mistaken. And I see more and more big box, big boxes being built. What does that look like in your world? And 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 what is, what does that what does that mean for you guys? We're looking at we're looking at rental changes there. People are using your your uh, your concessions on move-ins and everything like that. What are you seeing in the multifamily world happen? What's going on, or at least locally versus nationally? A lot of new supply. Mm-hmm. A lot of it's downtown. I live downtown off Red River. I have five cranes around my property at your construction. <laughs> that would terrify day. me. Oh, Especially with that one that c- c- fell over like years back. Oh, I yeah. Remember. Yeah, I think that person died, but their family got a lot of money. Yeah. That was a great start, deal. Oh, no. Anyways, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you want to look at it, there's a million ways. You can't take it with you. I have a life insurance yeah. policy yeah. For good. Yeah. <laughs> that my mom's going to get. I'm yeah, my daughter now, would be so sad damn. if I croak. <laughs> I mean, I think Austin will continue to deliver in like the C-class properties. We're not competing with brand new products. Like there's mm-hmm. softness in the market. We're starting to see some negative trade outs, but that's in class A luxury deals. Mm-hmm. I think those are also more recession proof. Like my C-class properties did great when the the government was cutting checks for everybody and there was assistance out the ass. And mm-hmm. now on the other end of it, it's like people don't want to work or there's some layoffs. I mean, we are dealing with some of that across our properties. People that are uh, downsizing, instead of having a one bedroom, they're getting a roommate with a second person or moving in with their family. So I'm seeing some of those effects on a local level, but I'm not competing with new product. I think more of like the B plus type of product is gonna see some suppression because the concessions come in luxury and then it kind of crusses down. Yeah, they also overbuilt on the, I mean, there's so much uh, lip service to affordability and people, developers were building these big things, but they're making like a small portion affordable and the rest of them were all luxury. And at a certain point when everything's luxury, then what? Then what do you do? And you need people to rent them, so you're gonna have to do something with rents. Yeah, rents are stupid high. Mm -hmm. I had a concession moving into my apartment though, it was one month. They're offering a month now. They're starting to do that again? Yeah. I remember back in the day, it was like two months, some of these new new bills that would get just to lease them up, you know? Yeah. And, and that's the fugazi fugazi about rent rolls. It's like, you know, property management would come in there and it's like, yeah, you give them two months, but on the books, you can still show that, you know, gross rent every single month. Sure. And that's, Roscoe did that a ton. And it, yeah, because your rent rolls, your And I watched him flip property. these properties. He'd come in there and just get them filled to the max, get high occupancy with these specials. And they reflected on the rent roll. They don't show the two months free. I mean, you go you go three, four months down the road. What's that called? That, uh, you it off. Yeah. Yeah. Value, is that lost the lease? Is that what it's lost called? Lost the lease, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you want the higher rent and you'll give the concession because that's temporary. Right. And then when you pull your rent roll, put a cap rate to it, you're looking at valuations that were, you know, we had two to three year holds, five year longest with RPM, and they were making stupid money. Well, like uh, it goes back to everything else. It's like, doesn't that, doesn't that support the overall market too, is when you have these elevated rent rolls, it's like, you don't want to concede the actual base rent. It's better to just throw some fluff in there so that the whole market doesn't mm-hmm. start falling through. It's like, you know, real estate commissions. It's like a lot of people, listing agents will cut their pinkies off to get deals these days. And then, you know, they're like 2% buyer commission. It's like, that's a slippery slope. If everybody starts doing that, then that becomes the norm. It's well, like, it's, it's why, uh, so John and I have our, our feet in like different camps along the management world and sales and leasing and, and uh, now slightly construction and also the podcast world. But um, we, uh, w- because there's some because there's agents out there hungry enough which is fine but also willing enough to go work on weekends nights till midnight like we are now subject to that and we can never we can never give our we can never give up uh 
we, we can't keep our they own. They may compress over the years, but hopefully not. I mean, well, I'll, 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 it's a sacrifice I'm willing to make. The pay's great, but at the same time, it's it's kind of like if if we all banded together, we could all have an easier time. So you, know, you work your ass off, too. Like, don't you deserve that? Yeah. Like, you might work with people for a year, right? Like, someone builds something new or... Totally. And you watched episode one. John went off about, like, oh, I'll get my... my I've watched it, too. I'll get my elbows bloody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crawling on the ground and all the mulch. I've watched it, like, 30 times. Uh, well, 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 switching gears on that, too. On that note, switching gears podcast style. So I, I want to ask you a few questions about that. So. Okay. The marketing piece. We're just getting rolling on this, right? We got this little, you know, kind of hood rat fucking setup over here. You this know, is better than a lot of people. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Thank nice. you so much. Well, luckily, we, we have the ability to do it. We're going to expand on this, and we want to make it really sexy, and that'll come. What do you suggest for us as we get rolling? I mean, the the as we were talking about before the show, we're very fortunate that this doesn't have to be an income-producing endeavor out the gate that we're relying on. Sure. Obviously, over the years, if it turns into something great, Justin and I have had a... We need sponsors, please. Yeah. I know. Well, oh, sponsors, we will promote you. We'll put you out there. Yeah. So, we, Justin and I enjoy this, and we've we've had some positive feedback so far. Hopefully, we can keep the momentum. I know we will. Um, we've had one episode. So and, but, it's, but, it's been a, but it's been a lot of fun. And, and no matter what, it's fun for us to do this. We get to, we get to, we get to, we get to kind of remove the bullshit that we have to deal with every single day and sit at this table, get drunk with people that we like, and shoot. The have, have a good time, meet new what? people. This has been. Uh, I, I really enjoy spending time with y'all so far. I know Likewise. we came in. And I was like a nut, but that's because I wanted to go. He was a nut. He was a nut before. The I'm show. always a, a nut. I can't nut. help it. He was like a fucking bridezilla. <laughs> I deserve. I deserve time. Uh, I deserve time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, if you want it done right, it's what are you going right. to do? But at the same time, I think what's really <laughs> nice is that, and this is one thing that I'm seeing, and there's so I even saw some emails today about like real estate agents with having their podcast, and they're like, hey, check out my podcast, whatever. We're I like our approach, which is we don't. We're not using the podcast as like some sort of marketing leverage. I don't care if it. If, I mean, it would love it if it if it touched it my will. if I, if it touched my other business. But I don't need it to because we because well, we go so hard on on every other level that really this is just more about this like, is fun. fun. This is fun, and, and yeah, we're running a little bit out of time. So I want to yeah. make this point so I can get some. I, I want some some juice from you. So, what would you suggest we do on the front end? to maximize what we're doing, but still keep the same flavor and not try to like bend over and be like, we gotta make this thing make money, but more so just, what are your suggestions on how we can get this thing off the ground and be more efficient with what we're doing? Just stay consistent. Okay. Bring the value, keep being you. Like y'all have good personalities. It's real, it's authentic, it's Thank relatable. You. And I've enjoyed being in here too. I mean like, I've my dad's a developer, I know real estate, all that kind of stuff, so it's like a good conversation. But what value are you providing for your, your viewers? Mm -hmm. And who are your viewers? And once you just get really clear about that, is it other people in property management or is it real estate agents or is it people like me? Like, I wanna get educated so I know what the fuck is going on, right? Like, mm -hmm. should I invest in single family homes or properties or like, you know, so I think it's just, go ahead. It, on that note, it, does it kind of derail you or devalue you if you make if you expand that so broad where you want to try to cater to a lot of people? And on that same question, can we invite people to kind of steer us in that direction? Say, hey, what did you like? What you don't like? What, what's the next topic you want us to talk about? Because we get lost in the personality piece, which I think is part of the attraction like absolutely you know i, I want to be able to joke and cut up and talk about i have questions for other podcasts that i'll say that are nowhere near real estate re relative so it's like but it's fun topics it's it's funny and i think it's going to be engaging where do you think we draw the line and how much of that that mix of ratio of real estate knowledge versus people shit should we keep going with I think you just find a balance, right? Like always have fun because that's gonna keep, I mean, you always, you get these like 16 year old kids that are throwing themselves off of buildings and you're like, they're not doing anything. There's no value, but they're funny and they got a million followers, right? right? So I think definitely prioritize keeping your personalities and having fun and then just find your niche. Like you don't have to be everything to everybody. There's a million podcasts out there. Like there's someone for someone everywhere out there. So I think just find like, what is your lane? What makes you happy? What brings you joy? 
and what is something that you can show up to do every single week or day or how, whatever your podcast schedule is. Just bullshit with people. But that, that's really, yeah. that's really, yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've got to come back to my core values yeah. here, which are, I have no intent on giving anybody investment advice. Sorry, I'm not going to give you investment advice. That's not your I'm line. coming here. No. I'm coming. This is, this podcast is about, is about industry and adjacent. So like if uh, my thought is if we can win the the real estate industry and they're just tuning in to ha hear people think like them and talk like them versus the some of the some of the raw some of the raw raw stuff that like that that is too much or like what's your what's your methods of success or what's success so like uh, like or even just like like I saw like home, people doing like homestead exemption stuff I'm like. I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah, it's and, ridiculous. And, and, and if you've been uh, in the reach out to your local real estate agent and get that information. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's more about just ex there. It, everyone wants to focus on the HGTV million dollar real estate person, and there's people like us out there who are out there managing millions of dollars worth of real estate, and it's not sexy, but it's actually very interesting. We may have better stories. We actually have like a little more superpowers than some of the people who are just working a sales contract. Yeah, and, that, and thank you for that that yeah, feedback. So appreciate it. Thank I you. hope you guys keep following us. Please come back again. You know, we, we'd, we'd like to do this. We're, we're going to kind of end this a, a couple different ways. So first off, shameless oh. plugs. Um, go ahead and look into the camera and tell people how to get a hold of you. If there's any yeah. sort of uh, like you know business connection you want to shout out, now's the time to do it. I want to shout y'all out. Like this was this was a good experience. Um, you can find me online at Mickey Graham anywhere on on the internet. Also, Mamapreneur. I am a mother of two amazing children Aww. and an entrepreneur. Um, shout out to Women of Austin and all of the members, the community, and uh, thank y'all for y'all's time today. Hey, thank thanks you for coming, Mickey. Yeah. yeah, Amanda, can we get you to to speak into our audience? Yeah, Amanda Cox on everything. Find me online. Come on with it. Wonderful. Yeah, multi-family guru. Uh, one other thing that we like to do, I keep forgetting to put this on here. Um, we always want to we always want to look for new guests, but then we're clouded by who we know and who we don't know. Who can y'all challenge to come onto this podcast? You think, yeah, this would probably make a little bit of sense. Is there anybody that you might think, Mickey? My dad, actually. Shout okay. him out. Shout him out. Say, hey, All right, Mark. I challenge you. Pops, my pop uh, dukes. Yeah. I challenge you to come and hang out with these guys. Drop some wisdom on him, Amanda. You know my dad. He's old school, but he will. Hell yeah, I like it. He will. Uh, he was my realtor when I bought yeah. my house. Hell yeah, yeah. my realtor to sell it. Tell him. He'll sip a little something with y'all too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Connect us with him. When we're done. So yeah, we do this. Amanda, please. Um, I'm going to challenge Amanda Garcia, owner Ooh, of Sunshine. Okay. Yeah, we used to work together. She's out She's doing her boss shit. Now, right? Yeah. Don't you have a twin? Yeah. yeah, I know her. Yep, come on, Amanda. Good people, Amanda. Amanda. I'm a oh. challenge to Amanda too. I'm yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> this is a fantastic podcast. Thank hey, you thank so you much. Guys. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Cheers it out. We, appreciate yeah, y'all. All right, everybody. Thank you, thank you very much. Woo! This is this is the end. Let's go. Yeah. I'm about to pee myself. Podcast <laughs> is over. <laughs>